Aguten Ner Shabbos, everyone. We've got again Bezos Hashem Shir number 106 in the Svarm Roselle Pliskin. We're on the Sefer called Self Confidence. And uh, we're going through other Svarm and other materials regarding self confidence. Of course, one needs to really ask Akadosh Baruch Hu for the healthy self confidence to develop it and to have Hashem help you with it and then do the necessarily necessary established towards it. And um, the key really behind having self-confidence and self-esteem is when you le- live each moment for everything it's worth, and that a true intelligent person in reality is one that lives life to the fullest, even under trying circumstances, even when things are difficult, when, you know, in life you will have disagreements and conflicts and things that are part of being human. Um, there are, uh, in this world, a lot of challenges, money challenges, aging, illnesses, and deaths, and and all these things that make it uh, what life is. And, you know, Baruch Hashem, we have a tremendous amount of simcha too, tremendous amount of beauty, tremendous amount of happiness, but at the same time, there's always nisyanis in this life. And the key really is, is HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us a matana, which is our thoughts. And our thoughts are our own, meaning HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us Bechira. Sometimes we can't control automatic thoughts, but we could train our thoughts to go a certain way and ultimately develop that. And we, Hashem gives us the ability to keep on changing it and contemplating and working through it. And the key behind developing a healthy sense of self-esteem and self-confidence and to be healthy and happy in life is to understand in general that you cannot have a feeling, an emotion, without first experiencing thought. And that is why we need to sort of reprogram our thinking that will change the emotion behind it. Sometimes we feel a wave of emotion that we feel we are not able to control. It's a very, very strong feeling that could happen. Over, over time, though, when it comes to realize they take a stake, st- step back and take a you know and, and think things through. They're able to rechannel their way of thinking, and then ultimately they'll be able to um, feel better overall in their emotions. Now, a disclaimer: we said this before. If someone is suffering from a great degree of depression or anxiety, that the emotions are extremely strong. There are times speak to a medical doctor or a therapist, whatever it is, that sometimes medication or other types of methods are necessary to bring those emotions to a calmer state, to be able to start working on these tools that are necessary uh, to battle the, 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 those emotions and challenge your thoughts or your behaviors. So the idea behind this, though, is... And this is not easy. I acknowledge that when I first read about this, uh, it's sort of counterintuitive. We don't think this way. Um, So, for example, when you have in your mind on somebody that you want to tell that person, you hurt my feelings, and to look at it differently would say, no, he didn't hurt my feelings. I hurt my feelings because of the things I told myself about your reaction to me. Now, this means that you choose on whether to be hurt or not hurt. Now, it's not so simple, I know that, because Lemaisa, the Torah does give a prohibition of a Nas Devarim. 
Ainas Dvarim means is it Isser Menatayra to hurt somebody else with words, which means that when you say sharp or hurtful words to somebody else and they get hurt by it, you're over the Isser of Loisainu, of not causing pain to your, to your, to your fellow man, which means that naturally speaking, these words will hurt another person. But at the same time, you have other people that despite being yelled at or despite being saying negative things, they don't feel hurt. They're able to overcome it. They're even happy about it. You know, they're, 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 they're happy because it takes away Averis, as we know. There's famous stories about that. And, and so you see that idea, though, with many, many people, when they yell at and they know that it's a kapara, or that they could daven for everything they want to daven, they use that opportunity, the pain is much less. And that's what we have to try to develop. So, for example, if you used to say that you, meaning the other person, made me feel bad, the other way to look at it is I made myself feel bad. Or I can't help the way I feel. People say that. You, you counteract that by saying I can't help the way I feel, feel, and I chose to be upset. Now, this is, again, not 100% versus 0%, the all or nothing type of thing. Very often we hear things that upset us. And uh, we can't control, we can't all of a sudden be not upset at all when someone behaves in a certain way towards us. But we could learn to practice this so ultimately the next time this happens, you are less upset and much less upset as time goes on. And uh, for example, you could say, he makes me sick. It's really, I make myself sick. Heights scare me is more like I scare myself in high places. And, uh, and so on. And even with sexual aspects that you're saying, she turns me on. No, she doesn't turn me on. I turn myself on when I'm near her. And again, sometimes it's a hormonal reaction. That's true. But very often your mind can control it. And that's where like Sasura comes in. When people are, 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 are need to interact with the opposite gender, men to women, women to men. They could train their minds to block out those feelings and those um, you know, desires that are unhealthy. And we have a lot of more control than we imagine we have as long as we keep on trying to do that. Or, or you know, you made a fool of me in public. Let's say someone said something uh, that embarrassed you in public and you could respond to it. It's a little harsh, but you say, I made myself look foolish by taking your opinion of me more serious than my own and believing that others could do the same. Now, again, that's sort of a strong way of putting it, where there are people like that, that no matter what you do, you yell in public, whatever it is, it won't phase them because they have such strong self-confidence in their own, uh, you know, worth that these things don't bother them. But for other people, it's a little more difficult or a lot more difficult. But the idea is, is not to expect perfection when you're practicing these things, but to realize that if you do practice these things, to realize that when someone hurts you with words, you have the opportunity, you have the ability to not allow it to hurt you. And if it hurts you with a hundred, let's say a hundred degrees, you could work it that next time around, something comes up like this, it'll only hurt you 90 degrees or 80 degrees and 70 degrees going downward and downward. That you have the ability to do. That you have the ability to try to work through. The idea of learning not to be unhappy in life these days is a tough assignment. It really shouldn't be in many cases. In some cases it makes sense that it would be, 
Some people have hard lives, hard situations. But the idea being, though, is that we were happy as children naturally. And then things happen later in life that sort of beat it out of us. And we need to work through to train our minds, to train our minds with that awareness of understanding that despite trials, despite mistakes, despite all these um, bumps in the road, we make new efforts where we don't stall and we don't procrastinate and we forge ahead and we work towards it and we can learn, actually learn not to be unhappy, not to be angry, not to be hurt, not to be frustrated. Um, just as you learned, you know, with other things uh, that you need to. So it's very, very important uh, to try to do that. Uh, some people even go to the extent of having when they the drill of a of a dentist when they're drilling a cavity. So it's a terrifying or at least an extremely annoying and um, uh, you know unpleasant sensation to hear even the sound of the drill as it's even though you're numb whatever it is it's very unpleasant. But if you sort of visualize a more pleasant experience from it, or every time that you're doing this, you're getting uh, a couple of hundred dollars, which you're not, <laughs> but you imagine yourself that you can, and you are, then that very sound will be much less unpleasant to you as you train yourself that way. What we often do in, in life is we immobilize ourselves. We have negative emotions that disallows us to feel the healthy things that we need to feel. So, for example, someone could be introverted, and that's perfectly fine. By nature, people are introverted. But sometimes your over-shyness prevents you from meeting people you want to know or being close to a Rebbe that really, you know, would be very beneficial for you to be close to that Rebbe. I acknowledge myself. I was introverted. That's okay to be introverted, but I allowed very often my shyness to prevent my, and that prevented me from getting closer to Rabbeim as much as I should have. And I regret that till this day. If I would have overcome that shyness and forced myself, despite that, to get closer to some Rabbeim that would have benefited me, my life would have been much richer than it is now. But the bottom line is, is that's the idea is you could be an introvert, that's perfectly fine. But to break that shyness, when you know it's the right thing to get closer to a person, when you know it's the right thing to ask a question or to learn something, not to get immobilized, to allow yourself to move forward. So that is very, very important. Some people just simply have a blockage. They have a hard time getting past something. And part of self-esteem and self-confidence is to get past that and to do what's healthy. You know, negative emotions often have a payoff, right? If you yell at a kid, at one of your children, they'll stop doing it because, they, you, you know, you're angry, they'll stop. But again, you could use it when the kid is about to cross the street on a red light and it's dangerous for him, you yell, that's healthy. That's a good strategy. That's a healthy strategy of yelling in that situation. But when you yell at a child for other reasons, that's an unhealthy strategy if it's not endangering their life. What are you yelling at them for? Talk to them in a clear, better way. So we immobilize ourselves very often, sometimes by not talking lovingly to our spouse or our children, though we really, really want to. Sometimes we block ourselves from working on a project that really interests us. Sometimes, believe it or not, we hold back from physical intimacy with our husbands and wives. 
even though we'd like to, there's something that holds us back. And sometimes we sit in the house and we brood, and sometimes uh, we know we, we could, by the Shabbos table Friday night or, or Shabbos, even though we're a little tired, somewhat tired, that we could have pushed ourselves to sing Zmiris more, we notice the right thing and we block it. Sometimes we can't sleep because something's bothering us. Sometimes our anger keeps us from thinking clearly. Sometimes you may have said something abusive to someone that you loved. All of these things immobilize us and freeze us. And then when we learn to, to overcome those things, that builds self-esteem, that builds self-confidence. A big part of this, of course, is living in the present moment. Present moment living means you're getting touch with your now. It's the heart of effective living. It's extremely important because avoiding the present moment these days is like a disease of our culture. We're continually being conditioned to sacrifice the present for the future. And the future, when the future does arrive and it becomes the present, we prepare for the next future. It's really, really not a healthy way to live. Now, if you want to plan for the future, let's say with uh, savings, so you put money today in the present in a 401k. You could plan for the future in those type of situations. But bottom line is, is the main focus needs to be in the present moment. uh, Frequent avoidance of the present leads to idealizing the future. You expect some miraculous moment to happen in a future life that will change. Everything will fall into place. And over there you'll find happiness, uh, a wedding, uh, a child, a promotion, um, and so on and so forth. And... The key really is is to value the present moments in life. There's also a very important point with all this, which is to know the difference between growth and imperfection. In other words, as you try to become as happy and fulfilled in your life as you as you choose to be, you can be motivated by these two types of needs. One is healthy, one is not. One is called imperfection, uh, and the healthier way is called growth motivation. Imperfection means that you, you are very unsatisfied with the way things are and you're trying to, to just change things without the healthy motivation. Growth motivation means that you're using your life energy for greater happiness. Not to improve yourself just because you sinned and, and, or because you're incomplete, but rather you want to strive for something to connect, something positive. It's just a general healthy way to look at it. In the entire world also, a lot of people get turned off because they are working so hard towards goals, but their mindset is, is that uh, I just want to get myself out of trouble. And that is so, so sad. It says the, the difference between some philosophies or not in the way you look at Tyra life very often is, one philosophy is, is this bleak idea is that you, by nature, because you're a free will and you're a human being, you're going to end up in Gehenna. You're going to end up in hell after when you get to the next world. So therefore, now, in this world, your job is to pull yourself out of Gehenna, to do everything you can that you escape that fate by behaving properly so that you don't go to that Gehenna that you expect to end up going to. That's a very defeatist way of looking at life. A healthier way is, is the other Abba. No, you're not destined for Gehenna. You're destined to have Olam Abba and Gan Eden and Schar and Simcha, and you want to strive to get there. Now, there's no question that the turning deterrence of, you know, warning against Tzachar and Einish, the Einish part is a, is a deterrent. Yerasa Einish is also part of 
a person's growth in Ruchnius. He needs that fear of punishment as well. But if that becomes the mainstay of everything you do as you grow, it really, really stunts your growth. It takes away a lot of the Simchas HaChayim. The overall uh, arc of your growing towards um, leading a healthy life, a healthy terror life, a little bit is that you're yes, but a, most of it is I am going to fulfill my potential. I'm going to grow. I'm going to be the best I could possibly be. I'm with Simcha that's going to connect with my Creator through mitzvahs and ma'isim toivim and be happy, say in this world and say in the next world that Torah is darkei noyam and you truly believe it and you truly experience how HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us this beautiful and wonderful world and he gave us a way to enjoy it even in this world which is a healthy balanced Tyra life, which is, the Tyra is always called the middle road. It was, it was, it was in, on the third month of Sivan. Everything is in threes, Kayan leaving Yisrael, and so on and so forth. The idea is, is the third one means a balance between the two extremes. It's a kavim tzai, it's the middle road. And that is the healthy way to look at things, and that's the healthy way to view your life and, and motivate you to get there. So the bottom line of all of what we discussed in this year is to daven for the self-confidence and then do everything you can to take charge of yourself, to change your thoughts, to change your mindsets, to live healthily in the moment, to really um, shift your focus. And, and, and it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be, it doesn't have to be perfection. But the idea is, is if, let's say, even with the case of Ainaz Devarim, of course you don't want people to hurt each other. And it hurts when someone's insensitive. But if you practice and realize that the words can't really hurt me, and then it, by contemplating that, it hurts you less because you value yourself regardless of what other people are saying, that will help you tremendously in your growth as a human being and not to become immobilized by, by unhealthy behaviors that you know you need to change. You work on the present and you change those behaviors. That from now on, you do talk lovingly to your spouse and to your children. You do become interested in being physically intimate with your husband and wife when you know it's the right thing and it's a healthy thing to do. You do um, talk positively even though you're upset and you talk in a menschlicher way even though something's bothering you. All of those things, Hashem, with Siat B'Shmaya, with the idea of growth, of constantly growing, not to blame our circumstances, but rather to uh, realize it's an Isayan, ask Hashem to help, and HaKadosh Baruch should give us all the Siat Deshmai with the tefillah and the appropriate Hishtablis to develop those skills that we so need to be in charge, take charge of ourselves, of course, trusting Hashem every step of the way, because Hashem is really in charge, but you're allowing Him to give you that Kayach, to do whatever you are Mechoyev to do, and to ask and then do it to train your mind as well as your body to be healthy and to think positively and to act in positive ways very different than what we were doing till now. And this will bring a tremendous amount of bracha in our lives. Have a wonderful Shabbos.